you from on the street. Evanston, Richard, you're from Evanston. No, you're not from Chicago, where, where, so I'm where, telling you, you, you provide information and you don't even know the, you don't even know the We are live. Mm-hmm. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Um, today's the day after Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Kwanzaa. Um, I just want to say that I hope everybody's doing good out there, and I ho- hope everybody had a good holiday and a good Christmas. Um, yeah, Pat. How, how's how's your day been going so far? How was uh, your drive up here? Well, uh, is it cold outside? It's freezing, dude. Um, it was actually it was cold as hell yesterday. Um, I know for because uh, I had to take out some trash out late last night, and I was freezing my behind off because and it was it was kind of snowing a little bit too. Um, but I mean I'm doing pretty cool. I got a lot of cool Christmas gifts. My wife got me the James Bond collection on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So, no PS5, just a James Bond collection. Yeah. No, it's cool, though, because I'm not trying to get a PS5 anytime soon anyways. But mm. that James That's Bond. That's what they all say. I mean, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm hearing a lot of things, though, about it right now, like a lot of like a lot of glitches and shutdowns and burnouts and stuff. And not to mention, there's not really too many good games out, except for the Spider-Man game that looks really cool. Yeah. But... Other than other than that, I'm usually launch titles are usually just kind of whack to me, at least in my opinion. So I usually wait until maybe like a year and a half down the line where like a good game comes out, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get a PS5. So, okay. um, but yeah, um, but my Christmas is pretty cool. It's pretty chill, pretty simple. I mean, 2020 is kind of a hell of a year, so I wasn't expecting to do too much, but. Um, I got some gifts. I was with family. Saw y'all yesterday, and uh, yeah. So how was yours? It was cool. I was just happy that I was able to watch Soul yesterday. I I I, I had to like walk in and out of watching it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was good though. I liked it. I liked like the general concept of it. I'm gonna rewatch it again probably <laughs> this weekend before I go back to work. But yeah, it was really good though. <laughs> it seemed it seemed actually really interesting. Um, the animation looked dope. It looked a lot different than. What I usually see in Pixar movies, and especially like on the 4K TV, yeah. he was watching it on. Like it looked actually really, really good. So I was interested in it. Disney was, got, does a good job at like taking like <coughs> a deep message, and um, that's mostly Pixar. Pixar, yeah, but but now Pixar is owned by Disney, so I'm gonna put them in the same umbrella. But they they do a good job at uh, taking like really really deep messages, and then figuring mm-hmm. out a way to implement it like. With kids, like I love, like for instance, like I love Zootopia because Zootopia is basically about racism without saying it. Yeah, Zootopia was that like, was that was a fun way to approach a lot yeah, of. Yeah, I, I love it. They, they approach issues. racism without saying it, but they show like all like the stuff black people go like, through. Just all the nuances. Saying well, they, they show the nuances of like different class structures, right? Like, and they did a good class, ju- lower class, yeah, corporate classes. But that writing was incredible though, because yeah. like I didn't think. Like, I didn't think I would like Zootopia. I think Zootopia actually now might be, like, my favorite. For sure. Like, my favorite, like, animated, like, yeah. movie from Pixar as as of now. It's right? top five, for sure. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. As far as Soul goes, though, because it, 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 when I when I saw, like, some glimpses, because I'm going to watch it probably, like, for myself on another day. But from what I saw from that movie, it looked like one of those Inside Out type feeling movies where they kind of get in the they start to like talk about the the nuances of like how people feel as far as like 
hopes and dreams and stuff like that. Like Inside Out was more about feelings and how pe- what people go through in the stages of feelings and stuff. And Soul looks like one of one of those things where people they people go through the nuances of finding themselves. Yeah, like in the purpose. It's like um, yeah, it's like basic like it's like the movie like premises around like a well I'm not gonna give it any spoilers, but basically the general concept of it is like finding your purpose, and if you don't have your purpose. Then you're obviously soulless, right? Oh no, it's not your soulless, but your soul is on the wrong path. But then it, when mm-hmm. you get like your re- uh, when you get like your good and your real soul back, you're like a new person, right? You have mm-hmm. like that purpose of 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 doing what makes you happy. That's what's so deep about it. And it was cool. I like I like the little the little concept they went with, like <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Yeah. But yeah, so that's it. Yeah, my Christmas was spent walking soul with my niece and opening up gifts and. Okay. Eating food, so but yeah. Okay. All right, so let's get into the topics. Um so me and Pat said that uh last time that we were gonna talk about um twenty three and me and and ancestry because we did it together. The reason why we did twenty three and me and ancestry is because because we obviously have the same DNA, at least that I think. <laughs> but because we obviously you have think? the same DNA, um it was uh, we. I saw this video, and the and the girl basically said that it's wise if you have siblings of the same uh, biological parents. That it's better if mm-hmm. one person does twenty three and Me and one person does Ancestry because it cross match matches a lot better, and you also can find more family members that way, and it comes out relatively similar. So that was one thing that was cool about it. I kind of just wanted to talk about the experience we went through. Kind of there's like. I know there's people who've done it and I know there's people who kind of haven't done it because they're like, you know, I don't really believe that shit or whatever. You know, it could be just whatever reason. Why but what, what, what don't they believe like about? I've met people who said that like they, they haven't done uh, Ancestry or 23 Me because they said that they don't. They said that they think that the results are bullshit, basically. From your own spit? <laughs> no, they literally think that like when, you, when, they, when the scientists get it, the scientists do something where it doesn't come out fully accurate. Now, I could see... Why people would have somewhat of that opinion because of the fact that because it's like a like ancestry and twenty three and me. If you know the history of it, it's it's only been around since like two thousand like eight or something like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but they're always finding a new science and research. Like you'll get e- like we get emails about it all the time. Like, hey, mm-hmm. we found new things linked to your genetics and blah, blah blah like we're working on it whatever, right? And they'll just constantly update it. Like some even your results might become slightly updated. Since I've had it, like they they slightly updated like some of my results, like on my on my European side. So in general, I came out as seventy four percent, seventy four seventy five percent African American or African, I should say, and then twenty five percent European, right? So mm-hmm. since then, though, but like the little nooks and crannies of like of that European of me being like British Irish, uh, like point three Ashkenazi Jewish, um, mm-hmm. uh. And different things like that. That's been slightly updated over time. Even on parts of my African side, it's been slightly updated to, to reflect maybe a, a, a different percentage. Or, or more importantly, they'll give you like more details about like that country and right. you know how it's traced back to you and different things like that. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that. Like, so what did you think about the experience? Like, were you happy when we did it? Because um, one of the things that actually prompt, prompted me to do it was because of the fact that we never really knew our other side of our family because we 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 grew up with a single parent. So yeah, well, I know that I wanted to do it simply just because um, I can't remember exactly. I well, 
No, I do. I remember when uh, this was around the time uh, when <clears throat> uh, like Black Panther was coming out and stuff, and boy, um, they were announcing it rather. And a lot of my friends were talking about like, you know, I'm African this or get to know your history. You know, I know I found out where my tribe was, and I was kind of already going through this journey of trying to like you know self discovery and figuring out where your family was and stuff. And then I know when I first tried to do it, I didn't really follow through with it just because I was getting different prices and the discounts were kind of like glitches and stuff. But I still was in their like newsletter, so I was still getting emails. Yeah. And then when you said that you wanted to do it, um, that's when we got into the whole nicks and crannies of like, this is a 23andMe, this is an ancestry. And I think I just wanted to get the best, the best one that can uh, show me the best results. You know what I'm saying, and and right. I think it was it was a good idea to kind of for you to do one and me do the other, like different types of companies because um, essentially our results did come back the same, um, but you had more more um, story in your bloodline just because of what Twenty Three and Me provides, and mine kind of was more straightforward. Where it says, well, well, no, I would say yours had more of a storyline. Mine had more of the well. So let's break it down. The, the main difference between Twenty Three and Me and Ancestry is that. Ancestry will provide you more of the actual storyline based off that country's history. Right, that, exactly. Twenty three and Me will actually just kind of just basically show you just the percentages, um, the breakdown and where you're from and like just how cool the country is or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, but yours will actually be like, um, your descendants based off like ancestors, like the, your percentage based off your descendants, uh, came around the time, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. The caveman were dapping up the black people. <laughs> they were going over to China. They were eating, you know, they were smoking mm-hmm. weed with them. So then they came back to, you know, that's how it'll break it down like that. It'll actually give you like a little like narrative as to mm-hmm. what you're related to and uh, based off like what generation of your family um, is, is linked to and stuff like that and I, what time period they lived in. I know 23 and Me too, they also give you like, uh, don't they give you like, um, uh, like, a history of like diseases and sicknesses that you could be getting. Well, that's if you want. Same if with ancestry, want. but yeah, that's if you want. Yeah, mine did. Yeah, because I, yeah. I did that one. I did. Yeah, that, that's some scary shit. I was just like, no, you it's know, not. I mean, to me, it depends. I think it just depends. <coughs> on I'd rather go to. I'd rather go to the hospital and kind of just have them tell me what's kind of because if like when people ask me questions like, is there cancer in your family? Is there like. Uh, some people don't know though. Like some people, like when you when you get asked those questions, sometimes people don't know like what. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's been times I've been asked that, like, even when I joined the military, and I, I wasn't always knowledgeable. Like, when they ask you, like, do you have, you know, diabetes or whatever? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, my nigga, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I don't, I'm not that cool with my family like that to right. know enough like that. Right. Um, some stuff, yeah. Like, when they ask about the cancer, it's like, only, like, my mom's uh, aunt and my and my grandmother had it for a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. other than that, no. Like, right. But um, but yeah, that's it though. That's what I'm saying. Like, so what's cool about the 23andMe and ancestry? Yeah, it kind of breaks all that down for you. But I get it if you go to a, a hospital. I guess like you get more accurate result results. But mm-hmm. um, but th- but that's just how it is. So, um, yeah. but yeah. All right. Um. So hello everybody. Uh. So um, we have to take like a little small little pause. But I want to introduce um, a guest that we have on the show now. Um. I think that she'll bring a lot of good insight to what we've been discussing. So one of the next things we're going to talk. Well, first, let me introduce the guest. Um, we have the lovely Moji Akinde on the show. Hello. Greetings, everybody. Beautiful name, by the way. Fire. <laughs> don't don't gas her up. 
No, it is. I'm Bo- just saying. Thank how you, how you say it again? Moji what? Moji Akinde. Akinde. Yes. See, that sounds like some coming to America type shit, dude. That's awesome. How's your day going, Moji? How's your day going? My day is going pretty well. Um, you know, it's the day after Christmas. I'm chilling. I'm here to talk about stuff and be, I don't know, someone. You, like you have a master's degree in the psychology of what again? What was it? What did you say? You have a master's degree in the psychology. Yeah, of- see, no, about that. <laughs> but I do have a master's degree in life. That's awesome. So I have, I, I, I consider myself to be someone who has lived a, um, an interesting and full life. Very so so t- tell life. us a little bit about yourself. So like, where are you from? Like, how did you get to Chicago? Like, just tell us a little bit. Like, yeah. Just yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so um, like I said, my name is Mojakinde, and I am Nigerian-American. And I say Nigerian-American specifically because I have spent equal amounts of time of my life in Nigeria and in the U.S. So I was born in Chicago, raised in Nigeria for as long as I can, you know, mm-hmm. since as early as I can remember. I think I was about a year old when I went back to Nigeria. Raised by Nigerian uh, parents, people, siblings, uh, moved back to Chicago in 2002 and have been here ever since. And um, How old were you when you came back? Uh, 17. 17? Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah, coming to America. Yeah. For real, for real. Bruh. For real, for real. What a, look at that. Uh, <laughs> look at that. You thought I was being back for that. See, I'm yeah, telling you, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, dog. I'm telling you. So, you know, it's been yeah, it's it's been a fun ride. It's been interesting obviously adjusting to a completely different culture and completely different mm. country overnight and this is something that I say that I guess tends to shock people that I found out I was moving to Chicago the day before I left. So, oh, wow. yeah, and you just Figure it out. I mean, there's so many <laughs> angles of the story we can go into. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. Let me see what's an interesting thing about me. Um, I have a ton of siblings mm-hmm. by, that we know of. Do you have, like, like <laughs> multiple, like, mothers? Uh-huh. Yeah. I knew, yeah. So, wait, wait, yes. Wait, 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 and it's just, I'll... I'll elaborate. Multiple mothers? Yes. So, okay. <laughs> I come from a family of three wives and 13 children. Oh! See? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Of course. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, oh, so, so you're in, so you're in, in, Ni- in Nigeria? In Nigeria, yes. So, your father has three wives? Yes. Boss. That's kind of lit. Okay, so let me ask you a question because uh-huh. so this is what I have. So, this, so, this is, so me and my... We have a lot of questions. So, so, I'm sure. thing, so, so, he, so me and my wife, uh, we are not argue, but we had discussions about um, like how in certain cultures there are families that have like more than one wife. And it's like it is what it is. It's like, yeah. So, right. you know, what I'm saying so how is having that in Nigeria versus coming to America and kind of seeing the difference between uh, them being uh, just OK with the polygamous marriages and here kind of like it's kind of like a controversial thing out here in, right. in chicago so how how was like seeing that dynamic so okay so to kind of to add a little bit of color so even mm. in nigeria right it's yeah. it's normal it's common but i can't say that every single family where there are multiple wives that every single wife is okay or wouldn't have had something, wouldn't have preferred something different. You see okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. So obviously, if you're the second, third, fourth, whatever wife, you're aware that 
this yeah. person has a wife already and yeah. you're choosing to come into that scenario so there's that element but it's not always the case that the first wife is just okay that another person is coming in but it's also okay, okay because that's just what you do you know what I'm right. saying? It's, it's culturally accepted so that's you. where um culture comes in so i think here a lot of people, you know, cheat on their wives on a daily basis. A lot of people know <laughs> you have, like, you know, multiple baby mamas yeah, out there. Right, right. But you just don't want to admit that that's the other woman. You just... People here tend to just draw the line at, oh, as long as she's not a wife. But yeah. you know she's out there, though. You know who she is. So okay. why are you tripping? You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's just a matter of what we culturally accept as okay. okay. It's not bizarre to say someone has multiple baby mamas, but it'll be bizarre to say they have multiple yeah, wives. Yeah, in America, yeah. It's, it's right. A, it's, Whereas it's, it would make more sense for you yeah. to actually wife them and keep your yeah. family together. Yeah. So let me ask you. So th- just one more <laughs> critical question. Do you prefer... That's so exciting. You, right. I mean, no, because I mean, cause you're actually from Nigeria and a lot of people who aren't from Niger- or from Africa or any- anywhere, they, yeah. they think that they have this idea that um, what happens in America is maybe what's happened. Like they try to like bring certain types of ideas from Africa without ever being from that continent right. ever. And because like they, Kwanzaa, no, I'm yeah, like, I'm like, joking, I'm joking. <laughs> like don't, don't, don't you know, like, that. Joke. Yeah, like the biggest epic film we did with Kwanzaa. But um, but anyways, but so do you? Would you say you prefer? Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Would you prefer mm-hmm. multiple wives over multiple baby mamas? Or is it both kind of like teach his own thing? No, I would say it's more practical, makes more sense and more beneficial for you to have multiple wives. If you wanted to go down that route. If, well, okay, so uh, I'll answer it in two parts. So okay. on the general outside looking without imposing myself into you know sure. the picture, I think it makes, it makes more sense for you to make them your wives if possible okay. because you get to keep the family together um you know you get to you, the children get to know their siblings and know that they exist you, you save more money all of these things it just makes more sense you know you're paying one big mortgage mm-hmm. as opposed to paying multiple child support like it i get you yeah, yeah consolidation of power and resources mm-hmm. now if i'm gonna put a, a personal spin into it i consider myself to be i'm I, I, I don't like using labels, but for the sake of labeling, <laughs> apparently I'm a solo poly, um, okay. meaning I enjoy being by myself. I'm not trying to be, you know, married to anybody in particular, but I also mm-hmm. allow room both myself and my partners to enjoy the love of other people where mm. applicable, right? I see. Okay. As and I might, as, and yeah. I might kind of come from like how you were raised. Would you say? Yes, there's definitely an influence there, um, okay. for sure. Because I mean, obviously, the way you're raised and the ideas, and I, yeah, the ideas and ideologies of marriage relationships. I see Patrick just laughing. The ideas of marriages and relationships that you see inform your own, whether for good or for bad. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I can't really say if it's good or bad, but I think. It makes it a little bit easier for me to accept who I am, knowing that mm. I've seen people, for lack of better terms, love multiple people. Mm-hmm. So if someone wanted to have multiple wives, for example, the fundamental uh, 
foundation you should have is honesty, communication, mm-hmm. and honestly having resources. And it's still all tight knit with because it's all still family. Exactly. In the in the yeah. in the space okay. and have the resources. Yeah. Versus, so versus resources just, meaning the resources exactly. and the money. Like don't sure. just go have multiple yeah. wives and oh yeah, no, yeah. Support yourself. Like, take care of all the women and children. <laughs> so basically, sure. you're saying if a guy goes down the route and he decides to like date multiple women, all the women should possibly know each other. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I was just I was just asking. Yeah, yeah. devil's yeah. advocate, just playing devil's yeah. advocate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and 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 because what you do then is you don't take away the power or the choice from any of the women, right? Because mm. I, one thing uh, guys forget is it the thing that annoys women the most when you're trying to sneak around is the lack of information. It's the lot the lying. You don't know. I may yeah. have been cool with you. And the embarrassment when you, like, when they right. actually find out and, yeah. Right. Now yeah. you're embarrassing me in public because if I'm out here in these streets posting you all up and down as bay, <laughs> hashtag man, man crush Monday right. and all of these things, right. and then there's, like, five other people who consider you their man your boyfriend crush. at, you know at, down at Denny's with this one chick. You know. Oh, what are you going to do about it? Did you did you know, girl? Did you know? <laughs> right. Like, nobody wants that kind of embarrassment. Like, let me know. So, sure. if ever that... Uh, type of conversation happens like girl let me tell you who I saw and let me tell you who I saw him with right. I can be like oh yeah I know it's old girl with the you know mm-hmm. blah 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 yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah she's yeah. cool and it's them that looks like the goofy trying to like exactly so I know I yeah. have the choice of mm-hmm. do I want to engage with this or not and then there are certain people again I'm I try to be as honest with myself first mm-hmm. before being honest with the persons I'm dealing with that if I ever get to a point where I'm looking at you, the guy, some type of way, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not comfortable with you seeing other people. Mm, like, uh-uh. Yeah. I kind of like you a little bit. I'll let you know. Yeah. Like, I'll communicate that. So, the yeah, okay. the I can't, it's unfair to take that choice from people to say, okay, I'm willing to be a part of this. Or mm. if anything changes and I'm like, I call... I'm catching feelings. Mm. I'm going to need to step back or we might need to reevaluate this relationship. And if he's like, nah, I still want to keep old girl, then I have the choice to stay or to leave. Mm. I then have to deal with myself and be honest, like, all right, cool, what's it going to be? <laughs> you know? Okay. So it's okay. making sure that all the parties involved have a choice yeah. to, you know, yeah. make whatever decisions So, so like having that communication with. is like one of the key things of Definitely. giving them all that aut- autonomy and choice and stuff like yep, that. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Do you think that leads into the the, the <laughs> trauma and the pain that sometimes <laughs> well, we always <laughs> accept within our culture? Oh, my like, God. That's a nice delve into our time. Oh, my God. I can't. But, you know, yeah, I mean, shit. I was going to go into another one, but if you, but since Pass wants, wants to take it there. So, yeah, like one of the things we, we were talking about before um, was last week is that kind of like how in our culture like a lot of the times when you see the the results of a like like how like a lot of black men have been raised or just kind of like how we express our feelings um it was very normal i think um to just like just have certain traumas and it's very normal to not talk about it. it's just very normal mm-hmm. it's like if you talk about it it's like it's a red flag um and i think that being very aware of, of whatever trauma it is and knowing what it is and kind of labeling it, like actually like putting like a word on it, like mm. this is what I've been through. I think last up the last episode we talked about how like I think I love a lot like my mom. Like my mom was like 
she's like the type of person even like yesterday at the, at christmas like we were talking i was like mom can you open up your gift Aaron, no like i gotta go cook i'm just like yeah but like that's yeah. it's like that right like she's like Aaron, like it's like and then she shifts quickly her attention to my niece your grand or your daughter nayeli and she's just like quick to just do whatever for nayeli like in that moment like mm-hmm. so like it's like she's definitely dismissive over like she picks and chooses when she wants to give some certain things attention right so i think like i kind of love like in a lot of ways like that like when it when if it's like I, I'll, I'll pick and choose right and more importantly i could be dismissive mm-hmm. um if they're just like want me to like be i guess very verbally expressive right i'm not naturally very verbally expressive right so it's, it's just very interesting but with that being said in terms of like the traumas like i think a lot of that comes from just generational traumas of like a lot of just bad things happening like our mom was a like she went through a lot of pain so like, what are your thoughts pat on like um like how me like what are your thoughts on like just especially black men like going through like a lot of traumas and pain and more important like it's just in our culture it's very normal to not like talk about it and why that's kind of like that's that shit i don't like <laughs> <laughs> okay so so and i'll i'll and i'll bring it to moji too so i think when it comes to specifically men who are being raised in single mother households, because I don't want to generalize, but in particularly with us, we was raised in a single mother household. I think the problem of us not knowing or not being comfortable expressing a lot of our vulnerabilities and a lot of our pains, if you will, is mostly because um, we've we didn't really have the right kind of example in our household to kind of show us how okay it is to you know, talk about feelings. Like, for instance, I feel like if our mom had st- was married to the right man, like, if had she stayed married and dad had, got, had his shit together mentally, all that kind of shit, we would have seen in some form or fashion him venting to her, talking to her, kind of just expressing what he was going on inside. Or not, possibly. Right? I mean, not possibly. Yeah, sure. But, th- I mean, but there always comes a time where, like, sometimes you just got to let it out. You know, like, I get to that point sometimes in my household where, like, I just can't keep this shit in. I'm trying to be strong, but damn it, I want to talk about this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it comes a point where, you know, that happens. And if I'm pretty sure if mom had, like, the the, the approachability to say, what's wrong? I ain't going to judge you. Talk to me. And dad had, like, the, the wherewithal to do it right, you would have seen it and been like, you know what? It's not so much of a pussy move to bend to your wife in this way because he's doing it. And he, I don't think he's a punk. I just think he's going through, like, some hard times. But because we didn't have that, we kind of learned learned how to do that subconsciously through our peers and through like other sources of influence. Like, like all of my friends came from single mother households, so we all taught each other that we don't talk about shit. Like, if you told me that I'm having a bad day, you a bitch. But what, yeah, <laughs> so like I was gonna say, like, why do you think that is? Like, why do you, where did the like you a bitch if you talk about it? like where did that do you think? Well, yeah. So I, where do you think that comes from? Yeah, so I think the narrative of men don't talk about their feelings came from a plethora of just men not having the right kind of influences. So by that, and because of that, of those numbers and that and that message being so strong, it's kind of made its way into the wrong kinds of people's hands and minds where they can now share with people men don't talk about their feelings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And now you, ha- and then now you have some of the right kinds of men nowadays kind of saying. You can vent about your feelings. It's no, it's no big deal. You know, just you know, you don't have to cry all the time. You know, like you can cry, but if you're crying every day all day, you might just need to go to therapy. But, but my caveat to that is that some things, depending on what you talk about, like I've met like some of my friends, and they said like if 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 
something were to happen to me or whatever, like that was crazy, I would either A, never share it or B, I would probably like be the most mm. um, depressed person of like all time. Like my life, in my opinion, would be. And I'm just thinking. About, so my point is, like, do you think that in our culture, it's like it's like life and death if something like super traumatic has happened to you? I don't think it is. But what are your thoughts on like people um, may be willing to think that like if this if X or Y or Z happens to me and more importantly, I don't want to talk about it. Like, what are your thoughts on when people think like this is like the end of the world, basically? And is that valid? Um. I mean, I think it's okay to feel like it's the end of the world, but I don't think it's never a good thing to keep it to yourself. Um, I think you always have to find the wherewithal to talk it through in some form or fashion. Um, but I think just, you know, again, feeling okay to just kind of internalize and, and accept it as normal, like me not talking about our feelings. I think there's a lot of a lot of the wrong narratives we just kind of internalize in our, in our journey as growing up. What, what, what are your thoughts, Moji? Yeah. What are your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> I'll start with uh, some things that uh, Patrick said I found to be profound and really interesting. Um, talking about strength, that this, you know, you, you said something about sometimes you're trying to be strong, you're at home, you're trying to hold things in, you're trying to be strong, mm-hmm. and eventually you just have to let it out. And that concept or idea is what has been misinterpreted mm-hmm. and sort of like the foundation of this men don't talk, right? Because right. when we think about the idea of a man, you're supposed to be strong. Right. And then what does strength mean? Mm-hmm. So if we're going to really break it down, the traditional concept of, okay, yeah, men have more muscles and more muscle mass and everything. So you're physically strong right. to lift <laughs> things and go be hunters and gatherers or whatever it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You don't need those those skills anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So that strength is different. The strength that you need now is the strength to be vulnerable, the strength mm-hmm. to be emotionally available, the strength to... Do you think women have a, are better at being vulnerable? Absolutely. Absolutely, I did that. I know, I, I oh, know that. Absolutely. I, just, I want to right. break it. To and, and I really do want to break it down a little bit mm-hmm. further because, again, both of you have asked the question, where did this come from? Where did this start? Mm-hmm. I really can't say this is where it came from, but both um, the, the problem and the solution are in the same category of how we define masculinity and femininity. Right. So from a very young age, both men and women perpetrate this. Right. And say men don't cry. You kind of touch about it a little bit like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe cry today. Maybe not all the time. What's, if you if you're really sad and something messed up happened in your life mm-hmm. and you need to cry for a week, bruh, cry for a week mm-hmm. because you're a human being at the end of the day. You're a human being with human emotions. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Or smoke a blunt, you feel me? <laughs> smoke a blunt and cry. How about that? You can do both. Multitask. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's fine. Ugly cry. Okay. You know, so. No, no, no. But that's valid, yeah, too. Because yeah. it's employ all your coping mechanisms. Yeah. Like, there's not one way to right. deal with whatever emotion it is. So, mm-hmm. the reason why women are able to... Women are more vulnerable about talking about their feelings is because no one ever told us to shut up 
when we're talking about our feelings. No one told us to shut up when we were crying. Mm -hmm. So if you're three years old, four years old, and you're crying, and your mom, your dad, everyone around you, who you love the most, who you're looking to for life and guidance and elevate, um, emulating what it means to be you, mm -hmm. and they tell you, wipe your tears, so stop crying, or I'll give you something to cry about. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Now you've internalized it before you're even 10 years old yeah. that I'm not supposed to cry. What then happens to all that emotion? It starts coming out as aggression. Yeah. It starts coming out. It's all subverted. So. Exactly. Your yeah. emotions have to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. It has to. When you're young and you don't have the right communication tools, mm -hmm. it's it's going to come in tears or in tantrums or in, yeah. you know, you're misbehaving, all of these things. So if you if we don't have the right um, sources and people who with the right tools, and again, let's think, let's take it back. Our parents also only know what they know. Mm -hmm. And my favorite term, Aaron and I have talked about this before, is hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. If we don't learn the right communication tools to express our emotions, our hurt, our pain, mm -hmm. we're going to keep passing on the wrong um, um, experiences and the wrong type of ideologies to our children and to the future generations. So, yes, women have a better um, handle on communicating and being vulnerable because we weren't told to shut up. Mm -hmm. And then now taking it back to the men, my biggest heartbreaking thing that I think about is I know when I've had a bad day, when I've had a rough day, life has happened to me. You do? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'm just going to ignore you for now, okay? Anywho, has bad days, are you kidding <laughs> What we're not going to do today, <laughs> um, you know, when I've had a bad day like that, I can go grab my girls, like even virtually, mm -hmm. hey, just click a button and five, four faces will come up in the group chat and I can vent. Who do guys talk to? Who do y'all talk to? Mm. And well, that's, that's actually a legit okay. question. Who do you talk okay, to? So, okay, so um, I'm, I'm going to answer, but then I'm going to ask you a question too. <laughs> so I do have... One or two people um, who are men that I can actually talk to and and vent to, and no judgment. It's all like to say what you're on your mind, bro. And I can say whatever I want to say, and he listens, gives me feedback, whatever, and it, and it usually helps. And I think it is a powerful thing to have. Um, now, my question to you is that why do you think? Um, um, I, I think I know the answer, but just to hear your thoughts, what do you? Why why do you think men are usually told? not to cry or shut up and then they allow like the the daughters or whatever to kind of just let it all out like what do you think is again it's perpetuating this um false idea of masculinity and i'm gonna say a phrase that i don't I, we'll see how it lands in this room but i'm sure a lot of people have <laughs> problems with it because of the way you know they assimilate it let it out yes phrase is toxic masculinity I'll, I'll take it. Take a sip uh, of your water. I know. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. And <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you. I'm letting you get it all out. And the reason, so the general misconception that people take from that phrase, "toxic masculinity," is that we're mm -hmm. saying men are toxic. That's not what or, that means. Or, well, not well. When I hear that, I don't think people think men are toxic. I think they think that masculinity is toxic. Right. It's not even that. Okay. So, right. Okay. There are aspects of what we define masculinity to be. 
that are toxic and mm. if we don't break those down or take them away or reform them they continue to be toxic not just to women which is usually how people say like oh women are the ones hurting from toxic masculinity men are in my opinion the bigger victims of toxic masculinity because okay. that's to to your to answer your question or why do you think i don't know why but i know what it does Right, I'm not sure who that's started fair. this idea that this is what it is, yeah. but it that's an example of toxic toxic masculinity. This idea okay. that as a man or to be masculine, you cannot share emotion, you cannot share vulnerability. How then can you have any relationship okay. first with anyone, let alone intimacy with a woman? Oh, uh, okay, you I, can't I see what you're saying. Be yeah. vulnerable. So, so you're saying that some of the po- some of the components of masculinity may or may not include don't cry or show your emotions where it's more so like we're not saying don't show your emotions but you know just don't be this robot where you're just this cold-hearted apathetic person and you don't feel anything um and i can agree with that i think there is because certain narratives do you know when, when you're like a boy growing up there are some moments where you kind of internalize that messaging as men don't cry like boys don't cry okay so um because I, I mean obviously I think that it's important for men to not, you know, cry frequently, like all the time. Like, like why so? Well, because I, at the end of the day, I think that life is always going to be a challenge. And I think that what makes men strong or anybody strong is when they can at least internalize certain struggles and just problem solve. I think men are really good at problem solving. And, and if all they do is just cry all the time, like all the time it doesn't really help him or anybody else that he may be he may be involved with whether it's a friend right. or, or and girlfriend i think even that alone applies to everyone even as women it's not like yeah. you know yeah. no, it, it, no one really should be crying all the time anyway yeah. and yeah. i think right i mean you know sure, let's be yeah. honest you know and, yeah but yeah. i think i think the misinterpretation sometimes we get is that you know with some men, is that when people, when women say, you know, it's okay to cry, they think, oh, so you're just saying we can just cry whenever we feel like it. And I don't think that's what you're saying. I think you're just saying, no, it's just when you need to cry. When, when your head is below water and you're going to drown, you know, just share some tears. It's not going to be a big deal. And, and, I, and I can agree with that. I think because there have been times when uh, me and my wife had moments where she allowed me to uh, be vulnerable. And it was hard for me. But then uh, she made it kind of like made it all better by just kind of being there and be like, okay. And actually, I have one more question for you. So when you Mm -hmm. mentioned that you have your group of two, three friends who Mm -hmm. no judgment, no space, do you think that's common with and I'm being specific here with black men that they have groups of men, male friends who they can call and actually talk to about Anything that's not sports? No, I don't. I actually. I mean, this is my personal. I, I'm, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say it's like sixty-five, thirty-five. Sixty-five percent don't, and thirty-five percent. Yeah. Do. I, okay. I mean, I, but I. Yeah. But I think too the nature of those conversations. It's still a little. Um, right. That's a good point. You know like I mean? it's it's still like catered yeah, around like because like, because my, my best friends I can literally put out anything and they're gonna give me feedback whether it's criticism or validation. They're gonna tell me look this is what you fucked up at or you know I feel what you're going through, bro. I've been you know all anything that's gonna help me develop and elevate. Right. I think a lot of times, particularly in black men, most of us have friends that we can talk to, but they will validate us 
with any situation, whether it's like, you know, I'm having problems with this girl, you know what I'm saying, we got into it, what happened, bro, man, she called me a bitch, so I beat her ass, but you know what, man, we're going through a lot, I feel you, bro, I've been through the same thing, man. So you're saying sometimes we're too much of yes, man. Yeah, just too much of that kind of stuff, because I think, in particularly, black men have a problem with um, accountability and, and showing other people accountable. And so, if I could snap, I just want to say real quick, <laughs> if I could snap my fingers, an interesting fun fact about me, I can't yeah. snap my fingers, but I mean, I'm snapping. I mean, yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, because, no, because... <laughs> I had I had a group of friends. I mean, they wasn't my best friends, but I did have a group of friends where we could talk about things, and things is going well. We're like talking about our problems, and then it would be that one dude that did some fucked up shit, and I'd be like, "Yeah, wait, wait, huh? What? Wait, you you did what now? You you what? You carried a gun into such and such, and you did what? Yeah, bro, but it's just because such and such, and because that space kind of like allowed that that level of validation to happen, which is more like, I got no comment. Bro. I, I will agree you with know what that. I mean, because I, mean, I was that you kind of like. What I was going to lead into my next point is like, do you think that we candidly talk about a like traumas and stuff? But B, do we do it in the correct fashion? Like, do we candidly are we like as black men more in particular? Are we blunt to one another when we've really fucked up at times? I think to your point, pal, I think sometimes we're not like we don't Mm. hold enough of our peers accountable. I don't I I don't even know why it is. It's just just how it is. Right. It's Mm. just it's kind of it's just like the default. Yeah. Like, for instance, like, say if like. I know you would never do this, but say if you were like to like slap your wife or something like that, and then it was like a group of five dudes around. Mm-hmm. I think, of course, like somebody's gonna say something about, it, but for the most part, you're gonna have people like listen to you, like, yeah, man, like, shit. Yeah, sometimes man. these bitches be crazy, you man. Know, man. Like I've been there. You're you gonna be like, shit, been man, there, bro. Like I know people who've been there. <laughs> you know, even though like, yeah. and then you, of course you're gonna get that one dude who's like, man, you a hint, man. I can't fuck rock with you. Got that you one Sharif in the group. Yeah, yeah you have like the one like the the Sharif or a few of them, right? But yeah. for the most part, like if you if you there's like a good select group of men where they'll be like, man, I've been there. You know, I like obviously like you know. Hopefully, like, I'm assuming, like, she was getting all up in your face, and you would probably be like, yeah, she was. She was doing, and they're like, yeah, I've been there, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. that's my point. Like, we're, we're not, uh, we could be better at it just as a whole, uh, holding each other accountable and just morally accountable, right? Like, to the point where it's like, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, that's a female. Because I've, like, like I said, it's not even just with that. It could be with anything. It could be. It could be with anything, right? It could literally it, be anything, yeah. yeah. But, and I think we don't, we don't. By default, we don't naturally hold each other accountable um, as a whole in the right way. Mm-hmm. And I think why? Do you, but my point is like, why do you think that is? Like, do you think that that's something that we probably should challenge each other enough more about? Like being like, hey, that's not cool. Like, I mean, I think we can. I think we can challenge each other. But like I said, I mean, when we're talking about just black men, most of us come from single parent households, and most of us don't have that male example. So I think that by just, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't know the sole answer, but I think one of the answers is not having somebody do it right in our homes. Like having a grown man who is the epitome of a man crying or venting or just explaining his vulnerable side to his counterpart and having us as boys kind of see that. Instead, we'll kind of look into our friends and to Gucci Mane and these rappers that and, and entertainers that we kind of right. hold dear and stuff. Right. And then when we internalize that growing up, it becomes this thing where it's like, you know, man, don't cry. Yeah. And actually, that what you said brought up a, a real good point. But before mm. that, my question then is: Okay, we're not sure where this thing started or how we got here. Mm. However, now that we have a plethora of resources at our hands, right? There mm. are so many articles, TED talks, anything you can find these days. Right. How 
do black men what will it look like actionably for black men to start honestly and genuinely holding one another accountable so if you were to imagine yourself in a space like you said the example you gave Aaron about oh there's always going to be that one person who's like yeah I don't fuck with you anymore okay there's I don't fuck with you anymore but Mm -hmm. How would it look like for you as a black man to make another black man understand the error of his ways, why this is wrong, as opposed to, I just don't fuck with you anymore? Because what the, the goal we're looking for, and the goal, not just black men or women who are, are being the victims, the goal for that everyone is looking for is a better black community, right? right. Whatever utopia right. looks like, that's where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And... None of us can get there alone. So if we know that, it's unfortunate, but it's the reality. Black men are not going to listen to black women about black men issues because you just tell us <laughs> we don't understand. That's just fact. Y'all barely listen to us as it is anyway. So I mean, I mean to to, to I mean to Pat's point, I think it's like there's like not enough quote unquote OGs like in groups anymore. And more so like the mm. way I look at it is like this, right? So like in the military, what's interesting is that like. I think I've told you this, Pat, like, um, after every, you know, whenever you meet up for the military, for the most part, the end, they'll have some kind of synchronized meeting of all the leaders would get together and talk about what went right and what went wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. And literally holding each person accountable at these meetings. Fast forward to black men. I think there needs to be something like that. Right. But there needs to be like some kind of veteran or some kind of like. OG or like leader, like somebody who has like respect, right? To like mm-hmm. be like, hey, this wasn't cool. And I think the issue is that to your point, like because a lot of black men, we may have come from environments where a we weren't getting the right examples or, or what have you. When we do get in, in our little quote unquote, like our our quote unquote sync meetings are us just chatting like at the ballpark right. or on online playing PS4, playing 2K or something like yeah. that, right? Like so when we do do something wrong or vent about something wrong we don't in my opinion have like that one person who's like well respected like well rounded enough to be like yeah. you know what i'm saying we don't have that that one og in the clique to be like my, my nigga that wasn't cool you feel me and so my challenge then is does it so we, we've identified that we don't really have that og right right but unless you're like in, in like a fraternity or something like that and you know you know what i'm saying that's the only way where i've seen it right like my friends who are like q dogs or you know whatever the fuck like they they be talking about it's like yeah we, we we talk about these things and like we talk about like manhood and the fellowship of man you know and i get that but the average black man ain't you know on edge this just be keep it 100 right so it's just, but i i do think it's it's possible for like yeah yeah the, i definitely the average think it's black possible. man to at least exhibit some qualities of integrity and and leadership because I know for me, because obviously, you know, I can always go out and find that example to show me things. But I know that if I'm already doing the work of self-improvement and I know that I have attributes of leadership, and things like that, you know, I don't mind being that person exactly. for somebody else. Like I heard a quote where it's like um, um, men should always try to be a father figure to their male friends. And it's one of those things where it's like if you just, just self-internalize that quote. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, so if I can do that, what do I need to do to be a father figure to my best friends? Which means I got to unlearn all the bullshit from way back then, find out what actually grows me, progresses me in life, and then teach that to my counterparts. And then 
a little bit of immaturity or any kind of man, that's you know, that's when you can actually show that example of leadership. Like, nah, dog, this is why investing in the stocks is important. All that bullshit you talking about is why you still go into the county. You get like all that self accountability shit is where they may get mad at you, but because you know you're a leader, you know that's gonna manifest. And I anyways. love the way you put it about the black, you know, the black man first saying, "I want to be a father figure to mm-hmm. my friends, my best friends," and yeah. that's so important because, at least to me, it implies nurturing. It implies love, non-judgmental yeah. love. When yeah. you think of, you know, the love of a father and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and what you just said is exactly what I was hoping we could get to in the conversation. That yes, these things didn't exist. I mean, in Almost a, a lot of cases, right? We don't always have great examples of yeah. what life should be. Right. But at some point, as you know, we're all figuring things out, exchanging ideas, having conversations, d- bouncing back what's worked and what hasn't worked. Yeah. We start to formulate a better um, idea of this is the way we want our life to be. And yeah. all it takes is one person Mm. one two one two and then we have this so yes there may be that one person in the group who would descend and say yeah this is fucked up i don't fuck with you anymore but then you're not really pushing an agenda you're just removing yourself from the conversation that i don't fuck with those people whereas Mm. that means there's still like four or five other people on some bullshit so are you really moving Mm -hmm. the movement and this is what you know at least for me, part of the things that black women um, really mean or want to see when we're challenging these ideas of masculinity and, you know, talk to me. It, you, you guys will take it as nagging. And it appears as nagging because you're not used to people trying to share their emotions and their thoughts <laughs> and their feelings with you. Because, you know, maybe somewhere along the line, your thoughts and emotions and feelings weren't being validated. So you don't know how to validate somebody else's thoughts, feelings, mm. and emotions. Yeah. Hurt people hurt people. So until we start, like you mentioned, doing the internal work and personal actualization whether it's therapy whether it's being honest with yourself having a good cry having a good laugh Mm -hmm. meditating whatever it it is and intentionally spreading that message to other black men and Mm -hmm. challenging other black men and holding other black men accountable Mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to go where we need to go i'm not gonna lie like even though i'm very optimistic i think realistically it's going to be very hard holding i mean maybe not very hard but i think that you know we're getting there holding like a lot of our black peers accountable you know what i'm saying because it's like everybody has their different ideology as to what's what right looks like you know what i'm saying there like nobody's gonna like follow like a, not everybody's gonna like follow like a standard of of right and wrong yeah. right some people are just winging it and they're cool with that right so i have a question from Ozzy real quick so yes. what do you th- how do you feel about um because we talked about men venting to each other about the problem stuff like that how do you f- what, what are your reactions for like men um reacting to you know their female counterparts because I think a lot of times the issue that we get, like when you say, like when women say it, you guys roll, roll your eyes. I think what it is mostly is that when a man is hearing a woman say, like, talk to us and things like that, more often than not, it comes from, um, um, I mean, it's, a, it's misinterpreted too. But sometimes when we hear that, we usually feel like, you know, if we do cry to you, I know you're saying I know you're saying you want us to cry and be vulnerable and soft like that for the moment, but 
there is that chance, that little small chance that could still be big, like big impactful that you're going to see as, as not as strong or a little bit weaker. He softened some facts. areas, and it's those kind of wrinkles that, as a man who's holding things up, can't have. You know what I'm saying? I think that's where the fear comes in. So how, how what do you think about just that? Right. And I honestly, I absolutely agree with you. And that's where the strength in vulnerability comes in. That's why I say it's actually it's it actually takes a stronger man to Mm -hmm. be vulnerable because vulnerability means you're letting your guard down. You're putting your deepest and rawest of thoughts and emotions in the hands of somebody else. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what they're going to do with it. Any little thing they do to it can destroy the relationship and have a great impact in you. And that's where trust comes in because, so even though as much as I speak is preach vulnerability all day long, it's not everybody I can and will be vulnerable with because I'm not just going to give my (laughs) most innermost anything to just anybody who's going to treat it any type of way. So trust is important. And when in the, in this topic of relationships, it's also why it's important to to choose your partners wisely. And I use the term partner intentionally. I use the term partner intentionally <laughs> because it's a partnership. Right. You're not just, you know, mating, get, get on a boyfriend or a husband or whatever. Right. You're choosing a partner, meaning if I'm down, can this person hold me up? Do we share as closely, as many close values as possible? Are we on the same wavelength? So as you're having this conversation about um, doing personal work, is that person also doing personal work Mm -hmm. in their own way? Is that person also capable of being vulnerable, of not being vindictive, of not using the information that you've given them against you? So these are all the things that, I would hope that ideally you've addressed before you meet that person mm. and then say, okay, here it is. And to also be clear, women are also, vic- when we talk about this toxic masculinity, it affects everybody. It's not just one person or one sure. group of people. Women are victims and perpetrators of it too. So I give the example, or rather, both of you have mentioned, okay, there are a lot of black men who've grown up in single-family homes, and more often than not, those single-parent uh, single homes have been the women. Mm-hmm. So if it's the women who raise the men, then mm-hmm. obviously how did the men learn the toxic masculinity if it wasn't the women <laughs> who taught them? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's be, well, well, like, if we're going to be real. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, we, we learned our, our idea of masculinity from our peers who also didn't have that. Exa- like, it's a whole cycle. Right. Cycle of right. All, all I'm even stuff. saying, even so. pushing it further, that because a lot of women also don't realize that they're um, perpetrating the same message that will eventually hurt womanhood mm-hmm. just because, again, this is how it's always been. This is what we've known. Mm-hmm. But we have to be intentional about how we're also defining masculinity to, you know, to ourselves as women. Unfortunately, the reality is there are a lot of women who do not believe love is love until the man is abusive. Until the man is yeah. emotionally abusive, physically That's abusive. Shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. it's, it, it, it's, no, it's, it's I, yeah. fucked up. I've seen it, but yeah. guess what? They internalize their idea of love mm-hmm. from a fucked up source. Right. It's the same concept yeah. that Pain we talked love. about, right? Yeah. right? Some people have internalized the idea of masculinity from a fucked up source. 
women have internalized the idea of masculinity as well and love and all of these other things from fucked up sources. So if a man is not stressing you or checking your phone or doing all these things, that means he, he doesn't, he doesn't love, love me. me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, right. Or there are women, men too who talk about, oh, yeah, I like feisty women. No, she will stab you and kill you. Yeah, Stop. Yeah. That is not love. I, that is abusive. Know, I used to be Run that guy. Run away from that yeah, woman. I used to be that guy. That's that, not that love. Like, I, I like that. I like that ghetto centric. No, hood girl. And then when I dated one, I was uh-huh. like, Nah, bro, this black guy ain't ain't, ain't fun, bro. Like, right. So <laughs> we we have to be intentional about what we define masculinity to be. And really ask the question, which I'm so happy we're having, we're doing now, is, well, where did we get that from? Mm. So if we can't really figure out where we got it from, and we know it's not serving us, then why are we holding on to it? Why aren't we challenging it? Why aren't we trying something else? Because clearly we've tried this for a while. It's not working. Okay, maybe let's try well, I, I, was I was telling Pat, like, I think slowly as a culture, we're, we're, un- we're unlearning a lot of, like, bullshit. Like, we're, like it's, it's getting to the point now, I think, in black society, we're trying not to celebrate as much. Um, we're trying not to celebrate as much uh, bad culture, like, things that are negative, right? Like, things that, have, for the most part, have been celebrated, that have been bad. Like, we're getting to a point now where it's like, let's not celebrate these things as much. Like, yeah, like... It may be cool when you're like a kid, but when you get older, it's, it's kind of like a lot of bullshit. Like whether it be like whatever the the media has been teaching and some of my peers have been teaching that like what's been cool, it's not cool. I think more people are becoming more woke to that in the black community. And I think it's starting to help. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I'm so excited and happy, especially, you know, just going through at least having social media as the uh, place to get as much information from different people as possible going through social media and seeing young black boys and girls talk normalizing therapy for example right right like just normalizing like yeah i went to my therapist and my therapist said this like all the memes you see are jokes about my therapist said this just one generation ago (laughs) that was not that was unheard of you know you don't even speak the word therapy in a black community they tell you to go to church they tell you to just pray it away they tell you to it's not a black thing it's a white people thing so i'm excited and happy that we're slowly you know like you said on learning these things but i think um a lot more work needs to be done and I focus on black men online. The reason why I do that, it's not to peek on black men, but it's because the the internalization of hurt, of trauma, of of just all the mess that black men carry, if you do not have an outlet for that, if you don't have the right type of tools to process all those things, you will affect all the things in your life so culturally a lot of people ascribe to the sentiment of the man is the head of the household right the man is the leader of the community so if we use that same logic and say the black man is the head of the household the black man is the head of the of the black community then that person needs to be in their healthiest strongest most you know beneficial form so in order to lead so that, that leads me to our, like our last topic that i think we could wrap up on in these next like few minutes or 10 15 minutes or whatever um 
let's discuss parenting and like so why is it like important like especially like i think more so in the black community because like i think me and moji we've we've talked about this like how some black women who are very successful uh they tend to be more picky at times and there's just like stats as to you know they talk about like why you know some black women may not be getting married but like some pe- people may say like either th- like the dat the data sometimes will try to show that like black women are just aren't as sought after. But my theory also is that like a lot of these black women are successful. Um, but sometimes it's just that they're just more pickier. Um, but I think it's just, it's because we've in society now have gotten to a point where because we have more options, because we have different tools of like dating apps and different things like that, more women and even men for that matter are gonna sometimes be a little bit more pickier in their partners and more importantly, parents being parents right and sometimes they won't right sometimes we might just wing it and just have kids with whomever in the moment but so i want to talk about like why it's important to like be like why some people just should and should not be parents right because that's i think one of the things that have impacted the black communities is that a lot of us just come from fucked up parents like I know my dad was just a sperm donor. Like I, I think I, I, I'm mean, just keep it a hundred. Like I think I, I've told everybody this. Like when I reconnected with my father after 20 years, the first thing he asked, like literally, like within the conversation, wasn't how my me and my brothers was doing. It was whether my if my mom was still single, right? Like that was all he really. Like nigga, like yeah. So it's just like he, he's like fuck you kids. Like nigga, what, what, how's your mama do? You know. So that's what I'm your saying. Mama's still fine. So yeah. So like I, I would like to kind of like discuss that, like the importance of that. I think a lot. Of us, like we guess, got to be a lot more aware of like what what we're getting into, right? So, what are y'all thoughts on that? So, um, you want to go first, or no? Okay, go for it. Go so, for it. I have thoughts, but go for it. Yeah. Okay. So, as far as like, should or shouldn't be having kids? For, I think people shouldn't be having kids if they ain't married. Just point blank period. Because so you're saying that's like the default. You think for the most part, I, I th- yeah, I think number one, if you want to top t- talk about top five reasons why you shouldn't have kids, it should be married. Because kids, so you're saying that's just for the black community. Or you're just saying that in general. I, I think that's in general, but I think it's more important for the black community because baby mama didn't come from you know a bunch of white people having kids. You know, we're the only community that has most of us being raised in single mother homes because there are too many baby mamas out there. Men, women are not women and men are not getting married and if they are getting married they're like sp- splitting off off each other you know what i'm saying or they're being played married where she's my wife but there's no ring anywhere in sight you know what i mean like like but and, but what's your theory behind the marriage aspect huh okay because so, our our parents were married no yo yeah and like i said I just told you the story of my dad. They were married. No, no. So, so here's okay. You need to. You listen, really no, need no, to no, argue. No, no, listen, listen, listen. So here's the thing. So I, I always say my mom, our mom, is a special case because she was married oh, and yes. had three kids. They had that family dynamic until our dad started to deteriorate mentally and do nothing about it. And then when it kind of exploded into abuse and stuff, obviously a divorce was inevitable. Obviously. Most of the time, though, it's not those cases. Most of the time, it's boyfriends and girlfriends having sex two or three times, having babies two or three times, and then just letting it be. The guys kind of coming in and out. I want to see my kids. You know, it's, it's like the whole baby, the baby boy movie all over again. And a lot of our community, and a lot of our households, and specifically in the black community, it happens in the white community too. But a lot of times. In our community, most of us are not even thinking about marriage. 
like at all. We're just out here fucking and, and just having fun. And then when the baby comes, you know, it changes things. But then again, not so much. It's like the kid is just here. You know do what I'm you, saying? Do you, so one of the, the reason why I kind of want to bring this up is because I think a lot of times people know deep down whether they should be should or should not be parents, and they're not honest about it. Yeah, like I think right. after talking to like like when we when I did reconnect with our father, based off him telling me his life story, I think deep down all he wants to do is just be with our mom and not really even want to have kids. Mm-hmm. And if he wanted to have kids, it would probably be like daughters. But he did that, in my opinion, more so for our mom. Yeah. More so than for himself. Yeah, so I think not enough people are honest and be like, yeah. my nigga, I don't want to have kids. because I don't want you little niggas running around depending on me, <laughs> calling me up after 20 years I mean, and be like, nigga, what's good? What's Where's up? my check? Like, I'm just be, and I feel like more people need to be honest like that. Like You yeah. have to be honest. Like, Do you want to be a parent? Do you not right. want to be a parent? Yeah. And because and, and to get back to that point, you know, he already had a kid before. Um, exactly. He got married too. So I'm yeah. pretty sure, and this was in high school, so I'm pretty sure he was already kind of skeptical about having three more. You know what I mean? Right. Mom, mom was all bored. Like, right. I want to have 10, 20 kids and stuff. Like, she wanted the whole Von Trapp family. You know what I'm saying? And and then, and when it happened, I'm pretty sure that played on his mind because, you know, he was like, I didn't expect to have three, let alone three boys that I have to look after. And I got married. You know, he could have been dealing with a lot of shit. Um, but so I I absolutely agree. Yeah. I'm of firm belief that not every single person on this world is meant to have kids, yeah. especially women, and that's another angle that we do not address. Okay, so mm-hmm. yes, maybe it might be a mm-hmm. little bit easier for a guy to say he doesn't want ha- want to have children, mm-hmm. but a lot of women are still looked at like they have three heads. <laughs> if and when they say yeah. they're intentionally choosing not to have children, and they're mm-hmm multiple influences to that again going yeah do you think like society basically makes like it society forces us to like have this mindset we should be having kids by x age and then more importantly what ends up happening is that like we'll like silence that common sense voice of being like i should not be having kids absolutely absolutely because our the the cultural society we live in greatly influences our decisions no matter how everyone wants to act like i'm independent and i'm my own person and i do things by myself Mm -hmm. no you are heavily influenced by the world you live in and the people you surround yourself with so if you're around people who um hold the ideology that you know um you're not a woman that your femininity mm-hmm. i mean i guess there's no there's no toxic femininity uh, uh <laughs> phrase there's no around, there's no toxic but, femininity. but what this, is this? this is an element of it too this is an element of like the uh definitions that people try to ascribe to different things that mm-hmm. hurt mm-hmm. so when you have this idea that in order to be fully a woman you have to have a child. Otherwise, what are you? And some cultures, okay. even in the Nigerian culture, will go as far as to say, oh, that child has to be born. It, it has to be conceived through you and a man intravaginally, right? Or if you if you deliver the child through C-section, somehow that child isn't really yours. L- before we even broach the idea of adoption or anything else like that or surrogacy, like, so there's levels to this shit, right? <laughs> of how toxic uh, we, we can make this femininity and womanhood to be. So okay. that makes it difficult for a woman to be able to say, I don't want children. And when you have, you first of all, as a Nigerian woman, obviously, you can't even say that to 
your family. You can't mm. say that to your parents. Like they will rebuke you and mm. cast out the Satan that has obviously. <laughs> Wait, so, 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 do you not want kids? No, I don't want. You kids. Know, you don't want like at all. At all. Okay. I've known since and, and I was and, a teenager. And your moms would like be like. They're going to touch. So, so, so let, I'll, 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 I'll impose a little bit of morbidity. So think, okay. obviously, I never told my mother. My mother died two years ago. Oh. And obviously, I never voiced this to her. Mm. Because, A, it would either be an exorcism from Nigeria <laughs> to America. It will happen one way or the other. She going to FaceTime. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will wake up in the morning and she would just be in my bedroom like, you said what now? <laughs> so I wow. know for a fact that was something I was never going to, okay. you know, tell her. But... It's it's common in our culture and even just okay. the world in general. So when you know that you're not supposed to have children or people who have children to use them as sort of... There's this baby doll concept in psychology. I, I don't want to talk about it because I'm not a psychologist, but it's this idea of people having kids to have as playthings as dolls oh yeah not as yeah. human beings yeah. to nurture and to grow mm. so there's so many messed up reasons why people have children and point. then we wonder why there's so many fucked up adults because right. you were not supposed i mean i i no, I these moms shouldn't be having kids exactly like, you shouldn't have had kids what are At you doing yeah. so yeah. we have to normalize that conversation around that and let's mm. just say okay to your point patrick about um, people just jumping into random relationships and getting pregnant or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. You've gotten pregnant. Um, you can you can have an abortion. Yeah, that's a conversation to have. Well, well, yes, black people will yeah. roll their heads. It, please do. Yeah. Well, so so to bring that up, this is this is something else. But I I I we I got into a conversation uh, uh, on social media really when when there were when the saying was saying was going around about how it's black men that are. Uh, turning women into single mothers and, and this kind of stuff. And as a man, I'm not gonna say I got offended by that, but I was just feeling like that's a very general statement. So kind of like indulged in that conversation a little bit to be like, what do you ex- so, explain so, yourself? Absolutely. So it is a general statement. Yeah. And it's a general statement because it's a general thing. Like it happens often and often enough because again, it takes two to tango. Right? Yeah. It takes two to tango. So if, say, for example, you know you don't want kids. Right. You know you're not going to be around to have kids. Right. Why you not have? Why not using a condom? Exactly. Why you not? Why why you not having a vasectomy yeah. that can be reversed? Yeah. Why you not taking the necessary precautions? Sure. So so get this. You choose to have all the fun stuff, mm-hmm. knowing what the potential responsibilities are going to be. Mm-hmm. Then the responsibility happens, mm-hmm. and then you choose. To walk away mm-hmm. and not be in that child's life. Sure. Oh, uh, yeah. You're making her single mother. And on the flip side, too, mm-hmm. say the woman who this same society, mm-hmm. including men, mm-hmm. have told her that in order for you to be complete as a woman, you need to have children. Right? So now she brings this child into the world. Right? Because, oh, my gosh, she loves him. Blah, 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 blah. blah. And then you don't stay in the child's life. Well, okay, yeah. It is a general statement that has general validity because she would not be a baby mama if you chose to. You don't have to be married to her. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying no, you I, have I, to be committed to the person. Yeah. But there is a way to be involved. So for our one quick example, I know we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. In the Nigerian culture, mm-hmm. generally, 
if a man, if say for example, one of y'all got a girl pregnant mm -hmm. and you never talked to her since the day you had sex with her, she will, she can and will come into your home, present the child and say, this is blah, blah, blah's child. And your mother, your family will accept that child and raise that child. Because that is your child. That's your responsibility. Even when the dude didn't know, he just kind of. It doesn't matter. That crazy. is your responsibility. That's crazy. So there is a cultural responsibility. So, so, what, so what do they say to, to the mother who comes in with the, with the baby? They just kind of embrace her as family? And I mean, it doesn't have to be all of a sudden now you're 100% family. It's right. not even about the mother. It's about the child. Okay. So there's a responsibility. So it's, it's more like they take like the village. It takes a village to raise a child approach. Right. Like and, and the yeah. idea of you abandoning your child as a man, it's taboo. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some ancient fathers in Nigeria too, mm -hmm. but they're not going to make it public that they're ancient fathers. Mm -hmm. They're not going to admit to it. They're not going to tell you they're just a baby daddy or they just have a baby mama. I you see. know what I'm saying? They I want see. to be able to, even though they ain't shit, they want to be able to brag like, look how much I spent. Look how, what I did for the child. I did this. <laughs> I did that. So they, they, I said, I use that examples to show that it is possible to, okay, fine. You've done the deed, whatever. The child is here. Mm -hmm. You still have a choice whether or not you want to make that woman the mother of your child mm -hmm. or your baby mama. So the ball is in the, is in the man's court. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I understand that concept. It's, it's a new concept that I never really thought about, but I, I can understand how that can be. I, I think where I mostly disagree is, is the, um, the the premise that if a woman is allowing because you know women are usually the the gatekeepers to um viscosity if you will i don't want to be too obscene but they're usually the gatekeepers for that kind of stuff and a lot of times when unprotected recklessness is happening obviously yeah the guy needs to be responsible and if he doesn't want kids especially if you're not trying to be committed to this hookup or whatever. Like, be responsible, my guy, for sure. But I think uh, another part of it, too, is where, you know, by the women kind of knowing this, it's also on her responsibility, too, to uh, to, to be to, to be healthy about it and, 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 and take the right approaches to prevent it as well. Oh, absolutely. It's a 50-50 yeah, shared no, yeah, responsibility. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it, it takes two to tango. Absolutely. So, obviously, you know, but 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 my my point was to bring it home like the whole idea of like men turn women into single mothers. You know, I was like, you know, I I felt like that statement kind of took out the responsibility on 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 the females part just because of the fact that you know obviously as men we're gonna have sex we're gonna go in balls deep but at the end of the day too the allowance of that to happen is on the woman's part and by them kind of just. By them going through that whole process with this idea of, you know, so I, you think that the statement maybe needs to needs to be rephrased. Is that what? No, 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 not necessarily. I actually want to I throw just, in an extra angle to okay. that and say, okay, let's even explore the society that makes it possible for the man to walk away. Mm. Because so you get to walk away from a child. I can't. Mm. Even if I wanted to, deep down. I cannot. Explain why. I'm, I'm curious. Because the society will not let me for so many reasons. I will be demonized. It's unheard of. Oh, oh you're not what you more do. Well, you I'm know what I'm saying? saying? Like, like take, so, let's take our parents, for example, Pat. Like, mm -hmm. like, our dad was able to walk away, and for the most part, he was still able, you know, nobody really, like, demonized him for it, right? If, let's say if, like, mom... No, he, I, I was, he was pretty demonized. No, 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 he was, but he wasn't. If we're being honest. What do you mean? 
He was definitely dealing with no, 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 no. It wasn't, but it, no, our fa- like, like our mom's family, yes, right. That makes sense. But I'm, uh, I'm talking about as a society, as a whole, as as a whole, whole yes, okay. as a society, okay. he was not really demonized for it, right? Okay. But let's say if okay. let's say if mom were to be a mother to just walk away from her kids, right? And say if she did the exact same thing, okay. I think there definitely would have been a double standard. It would have been like, a stronger stigma. Yeah, like, okay. oh, she really ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, And I think that's what Moji's point is, just that women, they can't afford to do that as hard. Like, listen, like we've seen, I've definitely seen that. I, no, I, no. And, I, and, and I, it's, it's, it's something that just, again, it is. We don't know where it came from or what the root mm-hmm. cause is or who yeah. started it, but this is where we find ourselves. Sure. The yeah. woman cannot walk away. So if the woman is automatically tied and has to work multiple jobs and do who knows what and God knows what to mm-hmm. make life possible, go through heaven and hell, mm-hmm. first of all, let's even look, let's get deeper. She's the one who carried this damn baby. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. It's not a damn baby. <laughs> the child, the wonderful, wonderful child. She is the one who carried this wonderful child mm-hmm. to life for nine to 10 months. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm a woman and I cannot even imagine, right? It's Going rough. through all of that kind of stuff, complications, whatever it is, yeah. has this baby. Let's not even talk about the postpartum depression. Let's not talk right. about all the things that's happening and the societal expectation that within two weeks after this baby, you're supposed to snap back and have your buddy tight mm-hmm. and look like you never had a baby anyway and all mm-hmm. of these pressures. And no matter what she's feeling, she needs to put on a smiling face and mm-hmm. carry this child to adulthood. Mm-hmm. And then a guy can just walk away yeah actually i mean that statement men making women uh uh baby mamas that's actually being kind honestly (laughs) that's actually being kind if you really want to you know think about the skewed balance of responsibilities and hardship and everything that goes into making a child okay yeah so i mean i mean if you want to talk about the the emotional and physical tolls of carrying in and bringing the child into the world i i would agree that it, it is mostly on the women because they're the ones make, going through those changes and 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 you know everything is literally transforming itself for motherhood and and with fathers it's not necessarily that grueling um but i still think the responsibility is somewhat the same i don't i, I mean i don't i mean the argument that you know, because a woman has you're, say, you're saying like the actual responsibility of bringing the child into this world is more yeah I think equal. It, no, yeah, I think it, yeah, people, I think it rests on two parties. I think like each party is still responsible for bringing it into the world. That's the ideal, but that's not the reality. Unfortunately, the ideally, absolutely, ideally, we should have an equal amount of effort, no matter what your skill sets are. I mean, don't get me wrong; there are men who are actually better nurturers than women. Where yeah. there are men who are better at, you know, the emotional support to their kids as women. But the but the idea is, ideally, yes, there should be a 50-50 effort. The reality is that is not the case. And we have to confront that reality no matter how upsetting and ugly. Yes, we know it's not pretty. We don't know who started it. But in, if we're going to move forward, and that's my big goal in all of this, right, as a black community, if we're going to move forward and get stronger and get to our utopia promised land we need to confront our demons as they are and mm-hmm. unfortunately the, the 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 balance is skewed in in the men's i, I don't even want to call it favor but for the sake of this conversation favor where you can get up and walk away you know what i'm saying like sometimes a woman even in uh happy marriages 
right? Mm-hmm. Even in the household where, yes, there's mom and dad, they're happy, they're devoted to each other, they love each other. We know the domestic responsibilities are still skewered in the favor of the man, let alone in a society that allows the man to be able to walk away and come back 18 years later and talk about, oh, they garnished my check for child support. That is kind. Let me tell you, that is kind. <laughs> like my opinion, I'm just going to make Look, every woman who has a baby should be gifted. I don't know. A new ring with every child, a new car, a new pick a bag, girl. Like, look, for every baby you push out, you should be getting a Bentley uh, <laughs> or the equivalent uh, of it, depending on the man's salary. Because that act alone. I won't be doing that, but I see your point. Yeah, so the the idea, the ideal society we want, yes, the responsibility should be 50-50. But we have to admit that the reality is not the case. We have to admit that, yes, it is a lot easier for the black man to be able to walk away from his responsibilities as a father than it is for the woman. And it doesn't automatically mean that that woman who can't walk away is a phenomenal mother, but it means that she has no choice but to stay and see this thing through. And that's what happens when you fucked up, right? You fucked up and had a child. Okay, cool. Well, guess what? You're going to have to face this fuck up and see it through. That's what being responsible means. That's what being a man is. So if you're not even going to do the bare minimum of that responsibility, nobody's saying marry the woman or love her or whatever it is nah you did something you created something you made multiple choices that got you there now that you're here deal with it that's what adults do you don't it does it's it's not always fun but you do what you gotta do so okay so so um are you saying and correct me if i'm wrong on, (laughs) on this whole thing are you saying that um as far as for the women goes you know, they have the responsibility to and to not bring a child into the world, but most of it comes from the societal standards of pressure of the pressure to have a baby because it makes you more of a woman. That's okay. Yes, yes. So can, verbally, yes. Okay. I think there's a there's a lot. I, of I can un- I can understand how that may ring true in in some cases. I can I can I can see where you're coming from. I don't know if it's the sole reason for um to uh what's happening in our communities, but I, I can understand that point for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's never one, um, there's never one, you know, reason for anything, right? Yeah. But if we're going to... I just think that narrative is, is usually the, the go-to to get pushed out so much where it's like... Because you know, it's the biggest. I mean, it's... It's the biggest. Okay, so think about it, right? If you're trying to... If you're trying to diagnose something, right? Say Mm -hmm. you go to the hospital, you have all kinds of complaints or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, your foot hurts, your arm hurts. They're going to ask, okay, which one hurts more? That's where they're going to start from, right? The the fact that the guy left? No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm trying to create an analogy. Say you Uh go to a hospital, you're complaining about, you know, your foot hurts and your arm hurts, right? right? You're talking to the doctor. The conversation is going Mm -hmm. to be... Is they're not gonna worry about the foot that hurts only once a month right. versus your arm that's in excruciating pain right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to look if we really want to find a solution. Mm-hmm. We're gonna look at the biggest symptom or right the most prevalent one. So okay. if okay, let's give this example when I, you're talking about responsibility. Say I want to do the right thing. I want to take that same responsibility you're talking about. I know I'm not trying to have a baby. Okay, we fucked up. I'm pregnant now mm. and I'm going to do the right thing and go, you know, abort this baby because I know for sure that's not what I want. Okay. Then it becomes, first of all, do I even have access to it? Do I have access to it as a black woman? 
let's say I finally do get access and I come back out, how are my friends going to look at me? Can I even tell my friends? Can I tell my family? Can I tell anyone? Can I tell my pastor? Can I tell, can I tell the baby the daddy one. himself? Okay, no, you know what I'm saying? Can no, I tell no, the baby daddy okay, himself okay. that, oh, this is what happened? So mm-hmm. even the men too, who know they low-key don't want a child, mm-hmm. they'll still be upset. Oh, I can't believe you did that. Well, would you have taken care of the child? No, but I just can't believe you. Okay, then what are we supposed to do? Mm. So if we, so we have to address that. Yes, our societal, cultural, religious, whatever, all of those right, things right, right, right. have a huge impact in the way we live our lives, whether we like it or not. So you have to acknowledge those things if we're actually going to move forward. So yeah. It is a huge part. Yes, there are other factors and different things. And let's just be honest. Some people just ain't shit. Mm. That's just it. Mm-hmm. That happens too, including women. So Facts. Shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm not saying it's one single thing, but if we're going to diagnose something and treat something, we're going to have to focus on the biggest symptom and the most impactful symptom. And these cultural expectations right now are the biggest symptoms of... Mm why we do what we do so yeah let's start there moji i'm just saying all right, I, think I, I, I think that's Moji's a good dropping that knowledge. Oh. all right I, that's a good spot to end there but yeah we can actually i want to get into more deeper stuff with that but we can talk more about that next week though for sure but is there anything pat that you want to plug or most you want to plug or anything um i yeah so my my youtube channel um the actors take i do movie reviews on there just uploaded the review on jingle jangle um, I think people will like that. Um, it's a pretty decent movie. Um, but watch the video if you uh, want to know my full context behind it. Um, it's on YouTube. The, the Actor Take Movie Reviews. Um, you find it, find it on YouTube. Um, and that's pretty much it for me. To uh, I want to thank Moji for coming. I think she'll mm-hmm. definitely, this won't be her first time coming, but hopefully she'll be back on again. She, I think, brings another great perspective to these topics. Um, and other things that we plan on bringing up right in the future. So yeah, yeah. thanks for coming. You brought a lot of uh, a lot of perspectives and, and some nuance to certain elements. Of course, these natural. are the kind of yeah. huh? You're natural. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't, I don't. No, but, no, but for real, I really do enjoy conversations like this, and I like oh, that I love these conversations. we're you know challenging the world as we know it because yeah. the way my philosophy in life is, I'm never the kind of person to try to convince someone else to change their mind. Sure. I don't think anyone can make anyone change their mind if they choose not to. Facts. What I try to do is challenge the way you think, the way you yeah. think. So. Yeah. If every single one of us is able to take a step back and say, why do I have these beliefs? Why are these Mm -hmm. my values? Why do I think this way? Where did this come from? And be open to different, you know, challenges to those things. Yeah. We'll be better. So honestly, that's my plug, actually. Like challenge something. Challenge yourself. You open my mind a little bit to to that to that discussion in particular, because a lot of times, you know, when you're having and this is why I don't like arguing on social media because it was a social media conversation. A lot of times people come with their either or analysis on things, but you know, me understanding life, it's usually a both and situation mm-hmm. where like, yeah, mm-hmm. that could be that, but it also could be this and this and that. And ha- bringing that to the table is very, very powerful and, and, and you know, yep. st- change the nation with the conversation as Kendrick would say. <laughs> nice. So, um, but thanks for coming in and dropping those bars. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, it was, it was so great. So and we look forward to possibly seeing you next week or not. I'm joking. I hope everybody has a great new year and I hope everybody has, an, has a great Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa, everybody. 
And look forward to seeing you guys next week. Peace. Richard, you're from Everstate. No, you're not from Chicago. I'll tell you, you provide information and you